I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 11 to 1. Yes, we're two years on from the pandemic and we are adapting to a new way of working with many companies adopting a hybrid model of in the office and working from home. But how does this new way of working affect how we dress for work? Work dress codes are becoming a lot more casual and many of the larger corporate organisations are relaxing or removing their guidelines on sort of what to wear. This is great, but it does lead to a lot of confusion as to what is acceptable to wear to work. Well, help is at hand because our image consultant, Maria Macklin from House of Colour, is here to discuss how to adapt your wardrobe to suit hybrid working. And also we're going to chat about the micro mini. It's making a comeback in a big way. We're going to be learning more about the history of this garment. Maria Macklin is on the line. How are you doing, Maria? Hi, Shemaine. Good afternoon. Very well, thanks. Good to have you with us again. Now, Maria, it used to be so simple, you know, in a way for people. You know, go yeah. to work, you you know that you have to put on a suit and tie or maybe a sharp, uh, you know, a trouser suit or something for, for a woman or a blouse and skirt. This is all changing. It has changed and it was changing already. And it's interesting when you were at school, you know, putting on a uniform every morning made life very easy. Um the, the schools without the uniforms, I, I, I felt had a, had a harder time because it was a bit of competition, and you know you had to figure out what to wear. But the and the and the work uniform has almost disappeared because you're right; it used to be a shirt and tie suit for men, very easy, and either a skirt suit or a dress and jacket or a trouser suit for women, also fairly easy and straightforward. However, within that, there was really not much opportunity for you to express your own style and express your personality. And I remember at school with uniforms, people made their own tweaks. You oh, know, yeah. They either <laughs> turned up their skirt or they added it. I, I used to have two different earrings. One was a safety pin and one was a chain, you know, and I thought I was the coolest thing ever. Maria, but you, I cannot <laughs> visualise that at all. Maria, you were a rebel at school. <laughs> little, little bit. But, you know, people, people still add in their own personality when they can and, and when they're allowed to. So, the restrictions having gone means that you can do that more. So you can really be authentic to who to you express who you are. You know, but but you still need to be careful about yeah. being appropriate and not overestimating the casualness of the workplace because you will really do yourself a disservice if you play around with that too much. Um there are a couple of things that really happen when you turn up to work. The first thing is that how you dress it allows people to perceive you in a certain way and the more control you take of that the more the perception will be closer to how you want 
people to respond to you and, and, and your visual expression. So um, you need to be very careful about how you're being perceived and what that says. And when you are perceived as someone who can do the job and, and you're ready for that promotion, you will get that promotion. You'll be seen as someone who's confident, competent, credible, trustworthy. And all of those are the words that happen when people look at you, when they're uh, praising you based on a first impression, really. When you walk into that interview or when you walk into that client negotiation or when you're meeting a new customer, people only have your visual expression to go on in the first instance. And that's really where they start the judgment process. And and we do all judge whether yep. we like it or not. We're hardwired to judge. And the more you can take control of that, the better, so that you're not starting on the back foot. When you make, I mean, the statistic is when you make a bad first impression, you have to have eight positives with that person in order to get back to a starting point. Wow, that's really interesting. That's real food for thought there. Because as you say, you know, we we do this so subconsciously. We look at people, we're met, taking a mental image, we're judging, mm. you know, how they look, mm. what way they're dressed, are they dishevelled, are they, you know, presented well? And that's so interesting. So eight more positive interactions. My yeah. goodness. Okay. So you've got to work really, really hard to get back to a starting point. And the person you're dealing with has to work really, really hard to give you the chance to get back to that starting point. So the work happens on both sides of, of that relationship, whatever that relationship is. So that's the first thing, how you're perceived and your first impression. The second thing is that what you work can enhance your own psychological state. So it yeah. can improve your performance on what you do. If you decide you're going to have a pajama day, you won't attack your tasks in as, in as a productive way as if you were dressed for the job. Um, you know, and, and it's called, that's called enclosed cognition. And there has been a lot of studies done on that so that perform, the performance related effects of wearing specific articles of clothing and how we behave when, when we wear those, just even down to the point where um, teams wearing particular colours will perform better than teams wearing other colours. So it does. When you add a jacket, you tend to sit up straighter. Yeah. You'll, you'll hold yourself more confidently. And you, so so there's that. So there's, those are the two reasons that you really need to think about what you're wearing, particularly if you're in an office environment. The, yes, because I mean, we yeah, spoke the, about this as well. You know, at the start of the pandemic, we didn't know what we were at. You know, a lot of people yeah. were adapting to working from home and we reached for the comfort. We reached for the loungewear. We stayed yeah, in pyjamas yeah. and we had this discussion about how it really does massively impact on your productivity. And as yeah. you say, you know, you're too comfortable there in the, in the LPJs. <laughs> so you need to you need to kind of smarten up and kind of be more kind of present in what you're doing. And you're so right. Clothes as well can be, you know, a, a mood booster. Like today I'm wearing a bright pink uh, purely because nice. I know you're coming on as well Maria you know you've got to bring the collar out because <laughs> uh, I can see you Sinead no. <laughs> <laughs> but you know you're right it does it, it does something to it us does. psychologically yes. so you know many people are happy and, now and, yeah sorry the other thing is that if you're feeling a bit down yes. and if you're feeling like you're not ready to, task, to, to, to face a task put on that jumper mm. put on that pink put on that red it will really elevate your mood and it really does work I mean it's a simple thing but it really does work so effective uh, now yeah. a lot of people are happy to be moving into this hybrid form of work you know yeah. with, the, with some yeah. in the office some at home but how does one adapt our wardrobes like is there such a thing because I know Maria now you're not in this camp at all you wear your clothes for every and all occasion but there are people yeah. out there that like to have kind of a few staples maybe a capsule wardrobe if you will of workwear so is that advisable for people who kind of 
want a few go-to items that they can kind of uh, rely on, you know, when it comes to going into the office? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely have a capsule if, if that's what works for you. You're right. I, my, my, my clothes do a lot of different jobs for me. But some people like to have a separate work wardrobe to their home wardrobe so they can separate that in their mind and they can separate their, their tasks. So when they come home, they change and they know that they're no longer at work and that relaxes them. It's the opposite of what we were just talking about. So, I mean, it's, it's very simple. A capsule work wardrobe, you really need to cover five days. Yeah. And now with hybrid working, you mightn't even need to do that. You, you might only need to be above the keyboard, have impact above, above your waist, from your waist up, if you're working from home for two of those days. But you need to have five days of work. And I've just been away for a week. I took with me two pairs of trousers, three tops and three jumpers. And I don't know how many outfits I can make out of that. Probably 12, 13, 14, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yep. So if if you have a, a wardrobe that, that harmonises with you and that is in harmony with, or if the items are in harmony with each other, it's very easy to mix and match. And I would suggest that you need maybe three bottoms, six yep. tops, two jackets or cardigans, depending on the on the formality of your workplace. You mightn't even need a jacket. A cardigan might suffice um, one coat and a, and, and a couple of pairs of shoes. And that's it. Go to job yeah. done. Yeah. And, and this is. Do, if, yeah, particularly if you're starting out, if you're a new graduate and you're starting out yes. on budget, you really don't need a huge amount. Three suitable bottoms and six, and six tops, that gives you 18 outfits already. Yes. And, and, and cardigan, and you double that. Absolutely. And it's cool now to repeat style, okay? This is what oh, we're trying completely. to tell people. Yeah, completely. there's no need for this, you know, fashion show every single oh, day in the office. No, no, no. no, no. no that is gone. To buy your clothes, you yes. need your clothes to give your, repay you. You need the return on that investment. We really do. Yeah. Now, one thing I don't think is going to be making its way back into too many office settings is the micro mini. It's making a comeback. It's all over the runways at the moment. What can you tell us about the micro mini? Well, you know, it might make its way into the office. Should it or shouldn't it is the question. Okay. In my opinion, it shouldn't, but it's, there's a place for fashion fads and those are not in, in the workplace, but you know, other people may have a different opinion <laughs> on that. The micro mini is, is very, very micro. I mean, when you were playing Human League there, I was going back reminiscing to my days when I used to wear minis to the discos and, and, my, and my father used to stop me at the bottom of the stairs you know <laughs> and Maria would be hooshing it down she'd be hooshing it down lower yeah <laughs> so, um, so yeah I mean the, there's there's a bit of theory there's a theory out there that because we've had our our faces covered that we're uncovering other parts of ourselves I don't know how true that is but the mini skirt has been round the block several times it's been in fashion many times and it first came in really towards the end of the 50s early 60s when above the knee skirts developed in tandem with rock and roll and yeah. dance crazes so that was really and, and we, you were allowed to show a bit more leg there were girls who just didn't want to look like their mothers and and so their their skirts were yanked up a little bit and you're right about Mary Quant she she moved in on that trend she didn't start it but she certainly helped to roll it out around the world and certainly uh, in, in, in the rising hemlines were emerging in London already and she really jumped on it and, and made her clothes shorter. Um, so dresses like that were were around and Carnaby Street was the place, was the centre of all of that and, and the, the hemline moved up and up and up. Um, and the mini, interestingly, the, the term came from an abbreviation of a miniature. So it's like a miniature skirt has been used to describe the car, the mini car. Yes. Used over to fashion. So 
Yeah, it, it really, really arrived in 1966. That's when it really came in. Twiggy was modelling it on the catwalk and um, Cilla Black was wearing it when she sang, belted out her pop song. So, yeah. Now, there was a woman that could wear him any well. Even, even you know, well into her later years or more mature years as well. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. could. Yeah, and what oh, about yeah. this now? Because a lot of messages that are coming in here are to do with, you know, don't have the legs for it. Uh, definitely would have worn it when I was younger, but I don't think it's appropriate now. I mean, this is nonsense, yeah. really, this idea of age-appropriate wear, isn't it? Well, it is. For, for me, I'm not a fan of age-appropriate wear. I think you need to wear what you're comfortable in. Yeah. Um, now, I, I wear above-the-knee above skirts. They've got a little bit lower in my later years. <laughs> I wouldn't be comfortable in a micro-mini. I think they're really, really short. I they're mean, a bit they're too short, yeah. About, oh, for me, they're they're too short. Um, and they don't suit everybody. I no. Think I'd be scared, like. Oh, no. We've lost Maria there. I'm not sure what's happened. Uh, but that was very interesting. We've been talking about micro-minis. Um, we were coming towards the end of the chat. Just, I always remind people as well, if you would like, you know, advice in terms of, you know, if you look in your wardrobe and if all you see is clothes and you don't know what to be doing and you don't know if things suit you or don't suit you, Maria is there. She's available for people. If you'd like to get in touch with her for your own consultation, you can reach out to her on social media, Unlocking Your Style on Instagram, Facebook. You can also email her. She's maria.macklin at houseofcolour.com. Uh, people getting in touch about the minis. I'll get to some of your messages just after these. 11 to 1. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 